Hey, everyone, and welcome to the New Way to Live podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Moore, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to be here. It's been a while. It's been about a month, and um, it feels like a long time, honestly. It just feels like a long time. My family and I have gone through a challenging time this last month, and honestly, I wasn't really sure what to talk about next. And I just needed some time to process some things and to let the Lord work in me and to let him give me the next message. And so that's where we are today. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about this last month. And then I mostly want to talk about what the Lord's been teaching me today. Not just teaching me today, but what he's been teaching me. And I'm going to talk about it today. So, you know, many of you knew and and possibly some of you didn't that my family and I were expecting another child. We have a daughter named Mackenzie who's five. And we had another daughter, Hallie, who went to be with the Lord in 2020, shortly after birth. And towards the end of last month, we went for a regular checkup at 17 weeks and the doctors couldn't find a heartbeat. And so we prayed and we believed for a miracle for a few days and we had multiple ultrasounds and checks. And ultimately, we were induced on April 28th and had a sweet baby boy named Thomas who opened his eyes for the first time and was in the presence of the Lord. So obviously this has been a hard circumstance and it was really has been and still is in some ways hard for my family. And I, I know that we have some healing and growing to do yet, but I know that God is faithful to bring us forward and to provide for us what we need. I know he has good things in store for us in our future. And I also know that Hallie and Thomas are in our future now and we have a wonderful gift of Mackenzie presently. I also know that those babies are just enjoying the sweet presence of our Lord, of our risen Savior, and they will welcome us into the kingdom when we get there. We know that they're whole and that they're well and that they're loved by us and by God. And as I thought about, you know, what I wanted to talk about today and as I reflected on what the Lord's been working on me in, I just thought, you know, like we all have challenging times. We all go through challenging times. There's trials and God works in us as we need it and how we need it in very individual ways because we're all unique. We're created to be unique. We're not all the same. And so there's not, you know, a prescription, like a one size fits all prescription for, you know, how the Lord will work in us. But the ways that God is working in me now versus in 2020, after Hallie went to be with the Lord, it's new and different even for me. That's not the same. He's um, he's taught me new things because I'm in a different season. And they're new and they're good things. And I wanted to share what the Lord has been teaching me because I think it's of great value in every circumstance, good and hard and in between. And it isn't just for tra- tragedies, but also it's for the busyness of everyday life. You know, because we all have things to do and we many of us have full plates and possibly overflowing plates. Maybe you got a side dish out there or maybe you have a tray. I don't know what you have, but they're full. And many of us have trials that we're going through as well. And so today I just want to share. I want you to know that I'm also still in the midst of growing in this area and that's okay. It's good to grow. So wherever you find yourself today, I just want you to know that you can grow right where you are. You can start where you are and that God, who is good and loving, and he's our father, meets us right where we are. So as I prepared for this episode, 
the Holy Spirit reminded me of the story of Mary and Martha. And I want to take a look at those verses today. I'm going to read it from the NLT, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, maybe 41. Yeah, no, 42, 38 through 42. So if you have your Bible, get it out and read it along. If you're not driving, you can pull it up on your phone because, you know, the Bible app's there too. It's accessible. Um, Otherwise, just listen. So starting in verse 38, the Bible says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed her, him, into her home. Excuse me. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So I've been part of numerous studies on these verses, and there's always, you know, the question of like, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Who are you? Who do you identify most with? And it's a solid question. And if you're wondering, I probably identify most with Martha, Martha, because I'm a doer of the things, but I don't think really being a doer of the things is a bad thing, but we see that what was happening with Martha and in her as she prepared through these verses. So verse 40 says that Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She wasn't just preparing, but she was distracted by it. I mean, how many of you can identify with feeling distracted? I know I certainly can. You know, at certain points in my life, I've been involved in so many things that I literally can't give my full focus or my best to any of them because my attention is spread thin. And even in times when I'm not involved in all the things, I can understand being distracted. And in more recent times with the circumstances we've recently faced, um, you know, I felt distracted by those circumstances and the thoughts that have gone along with them and the emotions that have gone along with them. But when I looked at these verses, I thought, you know, like, Martha, Martha, maybe she didn't have an open concept home. She probably didn't. I don't know. Was her kitchen in the living room like ours is? I don't know. Maybe she couldn't even multitask by preparing and listening because she didn't have an open concept home. You know, we're the masters of multitasking now. I routinely prepare dinner and I listen to a podcast or worship music or I talk or or whatever. Um, But the fact remains that she was distracted no matter what was going on, if if she didn't have an open concept home or if she couldn't multitask, she was distracted and therefore unable to enjoy the goodness and the sweetness of being in the presence of Jesus, who was physically present. Mary, on the other hand, she wasn't being particularly helpful, let's be real. But Jesus notes that she was doing the one thing that was worth being concerned about and that it wouldn't be taken away from her. And the one good thing was to sit in his presence. He was physically there to sit in his presence and listen to his teaching. It was the one thing worth being concerned about. You know, I also thought about, you know, if, if Martha wasn't in the room with Jesus, she wasn't in his presence because Martha hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet because Jesus had not ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. 
And so for us, we have that benefit of having the Holy Spirit. We don't have to enter a place. We don't have to be physically in the room with Jesus because he lives in us. His spirit lives in us. So no matter where we are, if we're at home preparing a meal or at work or at the grocery store or your kid's recital, you have the Holy Spirit. And so you can be present in his presence anywhere you are. And there are benefits to being in the presence of the Lord. And those benefits aren't just to combat busyness, um, but there are benefits to being in the presence of the Lord in every season, in every circumstance, in every day. And based on what Jesus said to Martha about Mary, I believe he wants us to do the one good thing, which is to sit in his presence and hear his teaching. And there are many verses that speak to the the benefits of being in his presence and the need to be in the presence of our Lord. And I really enjoyed reading through, through all of them, but I'm going to hone in on one right now. It's a well-known chapter, and it just paints a really beautiful picture of what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord. Um, I'm talking about Psalm 23. We're going to read the entirety of it. It's only like six verses. So we're going to read that. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So this psalm is telling us that the Lord is our shepherd. So using that imagery of like, what does a shepherd do, and who are they, and what's their job, and how do they care for their flock? I think I've talked to you guys about this before. Is it a flock? Is it a herd? I'm calling it a flock. I'm going to call it a flock. Um, I don't think I ever Googled it. I said I was going to Google it, but I'm going to call it a flock. So anyway, this psalm is telling us what the Lord is like and how he shepherds us. So when you are with the shepherd, you do have all that you need. He gives you rest. He gives you peace. He renews your strength. He guides you along right paths. You experience no fear. Protection. Um, and that is described by the rod. You know, your rod and your staff comfort me. The rod was a weapon used to like maybe, I don't know, hit another animal or, you know, I don't, maybe a wolf. I don't know what was coming at them during that time. Um, and comfort. The staff comforts because it's got that hooked in and he can reach out and, you know, grab a stray sheep or somebody and bring you back in. And when we're in his presence, we have an overflowing cup of blessings. We have an anointed head. You know, I read about this once or maybe I listened to, to something on it and then I Googled it and I'm going to spare you all of the details because I might gag or you might gag. I don't know. It's it's not the best picture, but shepherds anoint their sheep's head with oil for a few reasons. First, they apparently try to fight, and so they'll grease the horns of the ram so they can like slip off easily so they don't get all entangled. Also, and this is the gross part, there is such thing as nose flies. Nose flies. 
little flies that torment sheep and they try to lay their eggs inside their noses. Apparently it can be really, really painful once they get in there. Um, it can cause the sheep to panic and hurt themselves or even kill themselves from like the panic and the pain. So that's one thing. And then the last thing is something known as scab disease, which is a parasitic condition that can spread, you know, like when they hit heads or whatever, it can spread within the flock. And so for all of these conditions, oil is applied to their head to protect them, you know, from flies or the spread of parasites or from each other, I guess. Um, and, and so that's really interesting. But you might be wondering, you know, what does that have to do with me? I, I don't have nose flies or scab disease, and I'm not trying to get my horns entangled with somebody. Good points. But this shows us that our shepherd protects us from the attacks of the enemy, that he anoints our head with oil, protecting us, you know, from torment or, you know, anguish or any of those things. That's what this picture is, is when he anoints us with his oil, we're protected, like our minds are protected. And then the last verses, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our shepherd is good and merciful and we get to dwell with him forever. I did skip over a verse, verse five, which says that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. This is a good verse. It's a great picture of our God and how he works. Because even while our enemies are still present, he's already prepared a feast before us. And he wants us to come and partake of it right there in the presence of our enemies. And what do you think that, that is at that feast? It's peace, it's rest, it's healing, it's wholeness, it's provision of every kind. And he gives it right to right to you, just right where you're at, even in the presence of your enemies. He doesn't wait to have the celebration until your enemies have disappeared. He wants your enemies to see you fasting, feasting, not fasting. He wants you to feast. It's a celebration. And if he prepares the table, he is there. You know, I don't prepare a meal for those dining in my home and then not eat with them. I love this verse. It's honestly, it's just come to my mind so much recently that even in the presence of my enemies, even in the current circumstance, the Lord is preparing a feast for me. He has prepared this, this table for me to come and sit at, to rest at, and to partake from. And it's up to me to sit and to rest and to partake. Um, and that's, you know, those are some, some things that I noted about these verses. And also, I noted that in order for the flock to receive these things that the shepherd does provide, they have to be in the shepherd's presence. They can't be wandering 2,000 miles north and experience the leading and the guiding and the protection that the shepherd offers. Listen, like I'm talking about a literal shepherd, but we all know that God is in all the places and there's nowhere that we can run from his presence. But just stay with me here. I think there's something here that tells us that we need to be in his presence. Like we need to choose to be present and receive what the shepherd has for us. We can't be out um, living in sin or, you know, just letting our thoughts go run rampant and go in every different direction. We have to choose to come and sit at this table that he's prepared for us. We have to choose to partake and entering into his presence is intentional. It's not accidental. It's intentional. And the solution to whatever you're facing is found right there in his presence. But we have to come to him to bring everything to him. And he's faithful to provide. And I think that there are practical ways that we can enter into his presence. 
and I'm going to talk about a few, but what I want to say is that these things aren't like a checklist or a list of XYZ to do, but when done with the intention of connecting with God, we enter his presence, like the tangible presence of God. And so there's a few things that I noted. Prayer, obviously, is one. That's how we communicate directly with God and how we pour our hearts out to him. And we can't be um, afraid or lax or hesitant to open up our mouths and speak to the God of the universe who hears us when we call on him. He's always listening. That's how we connect with him. That's how you know, he already knows everything, but it is, again, it's how we pour our hearts out to him and how we tell him, you know, like, Lord, this is what I need today. You already know what I need, but this is what I need. And I petition for you, to you, to give it to me with thanksgiving in my heart. Another area that I always come to is studying his word. You know, getting his word, his word is life and health to all of our flesh. And, you know, when we do it with the intention of knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing who he is and why he came for us, we find ourselves in the tangible presence. When we don't read it just as like, I got to check this this off my list today. But when we come to know him intentionally, meditating on his word and, you know, on his character, that's that's one thing that I think we should meditate on more is like, who, who is God? Who is he? What's his character? Meditating on his goodness and his faithfulness and his love and, you know, the fact that he's almighty and that he still chose us, that he created the universe, but he still chose us. And that he called us for a purpose. Meditating on those. And when I say meditating, I mean turning them over in your mind, turning them over, filling your mind with his word, filling your mind with thoughts of his word and of him, fixing your eyes on him. Another way is community and fellowship with God. Community, I meant to say communion and fellowship with God. You know, and that that process of communing and fellowshipping, I think about it like I would with a friend. Like I'm gonna, if I'm gonna gather with some friends to fellowship, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about God. We're gonna encourage each other. We're gonna listen to each other, and that is that process. Like when we are willing and able to listen not only speak, but that we listen. Another way is sincere praise and worship. So that could be through singing or maybe you don't sing, but with a sincere heart offering up our praise, even when we don't feel like we have something to praise about, you know, giving a sacrifice of praise and worshiping him for who he is, praising him for what he's done and what he will do, worshiping for who he is. (coughs) Excuse me. And, you know, a big one, this is like a big point, coming back to him throughout the day. You know, I know that many of you, like me, might like carve time out of your day to do your prayer and your Bible study. And, you know, that's your time that you give to God. But coming back to him throughout the day, this is, like I said, this is really where the Lord has been working in me. And I want to talk to you about what that looks like for me. It might look different for you. Um, You know, I think the point of coming back to him throughout the day is that we would fix our eyes on Jesus, that we would be reminded of who he is, but that we would come into his presence often, frequently for every situation. And so what it looks like for me is, you know, maybe bringing my thoughts back to him, 
like we talked about, you know, meditating on his goodness and bringing my thoughts back to him. A big one has been bringing like, I'm going to call them rogue thoughts, you know, thoughts that don't line up with his word, bringing them to him and saying, you know, like, Lord, I had this thought and what's the truth? Can you tell me what the truth is on it? Or, you know, maybe I already know, but I bring it to him and he speaks truth to my soul. He speaks the truth and he, yeah, he just, he tells me what's right. Or asking him what he thinks about a certain situation. I do that a lot too. You know, if I'm in a situation that I'm like, oh, I don't know what to think about this. I don't even know how to respond. I'll just ask him, you know, like, Lord, what do you think about this? And frequently it just looks like pausing. Even if my body doesn't pause, pausing in my mind, you know, pausing from the frantic pace that we often keep and just lifting my soul to him and saying, Lord, I'm here. I want to be in your presence. I want to dwell here. I want what you have for me. I want to live my life like you want me to live. I want to be who you want me to be. Pausing and being present in his presence. And this is a lifestyle, you know, of being in his presence, no matter where I am physically or what I'm going through in my life or what commitments I've made. It's a lifestyle of dwelling with him. And it takes practice continually to bring my thoughts back to him intentionally. It takes practice because I think, you know, we get going and pretty soon it's nighttime and we're like, oh boy, I had like no time even to connect with God today. You know, there's 24 hours in a day. I don't know how many minutes there are, but there are a lot. And there was no time because we just get going on our own thing. You know, we're working, we're shuttling kids to and fro, we're doing all the things and there isn't always time. There is time. We don't make the time. And so it does take practice to continually bring your thoughts back to him and, and to be intentional about being in his presence. And I'll tell you that in this practice of being in his presence, I found some things I have found supernatural comfort. I have found supernatural peace and strength that I didn't know I had. Joy that wells up from the inside and overflows. Wisdom and much more. And it's supernatural because, you know, people don't just feel these things in the circumstances that we've gone through. So it doesn't make sense, but it's present in me. In his presence, I lack nothing. I have all that I need. I'm protected, I'm rested, I'm loved, I'm cared for, cared for, and my needs are met. I'm satisfied, and I'm content in every circumstance. It's in his presence that I experience fullness of joy, rest, peace, provision, protection, that I'm reminded of who I am in Christ, that I'm strengthened, and that I'm reminded of the truth about whatever situation I may be in. And I don't find these things in the depths of Facebook or Instagram or in the frantic pace of life. I find these things when I enter into the presence of my Savior. I want to be found in Christ. And I want to encourage you today to consider if you are found in the presence of God or not. And if not, where are you found? Are you busy? Distracted? Grieving? Preparing dinner? You know, the question of where are you found isn't about your physical location, but it's about where your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And I want you to, I want to just encourage you today to practice being in his presence. And if you've answered that question and said, you know, I'm found making dinner and I'm found in the frantic pace of life. 
I want you to consider practicing being in his presence. And let's practice until it's second nature for us, until we're consistently found in his presence. And then let's keep going further and deeper, further and deeper into his presence. So before we go, I want to pray. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful that we get to enter into your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you are our shepherd and that we have all that we need. We lack nothing. We lack no good thing. We thank you for providing for us, Lord. We thank you that you've made a way for us to enter directly into your presence, that we don't have to go to someone else. We don't have to make sacrifices. We don't have to do any of that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you made the way for us to be right here with you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in us, that you're a very present help in in trouble, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that because of you, we know all things and that we just get to dwell in your presence, Lord. I ask that you go before these listeners today, Lord, that you would help them to know and understand where they, where they need to practice being in your presence, that they would experience the wonderful benefits of dwelling in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that we get to dwell in your presence forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to thank you for joining me today, and I hope you'll tune in to the next episode. Please follow this podcast and don't miss the upcoming episodes. Mm